This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. We've got our doozy of a question today, Pastor Michael. To what extent do you feel a Christian's association with the Republican Party has hurt unbelievers' view of Christianity? All right, Tim. So um, in this question, they said they wanted you to answer it. So I just want to punt to you and say, (laughs) hey, Tim, have at it, man. I'm going to pull the Trump card and throw it back at you. <laughs> oh, you're so mean. All righty. So in an effort to continually um, upset everybody, we'll go at this question. Um, so let me let me start off by saying this. At this specific point in history, okay, in 2016, the Republican Party, more than the Democratic Party, is connected to conserving ideas and behaviors that are more fundamentally Judeo-Christian in nature. That's right. So like by and large, like this isn't debatable. Like I'm not trying to say Republicans are more Christian. I'm just saying what we understand culturally as Judeo-Christian, statistically speaking, the, the Republican Party is more in favor right now of of the majority of the issues that have been historically Judeo-Christian. For example, you might be saying, prove that. Yes, give them, give them some examples. Statistically, like this isn't even debatable. So like don't get all your panties up in a bundle, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, more Democrats than Republicans support gay marriage, abortion on demand, the legalization of pot, government care for the poor, government control of education and healthcare, more Democrats are going to support those ideas than Republicans. Conversely, historically, Christians have not supported abortion on demand, gay marriage, and the legalization of pot. Historically, Christians started hospitals, cared for the poor, and educated society. Mm -hmm. So now at this point in history, like what we see is that what we understand as the Democratic Party is not supporting what have historically been Judeo-Christian values, not exclusively, but just by and large. Now, what's also interesting is that this point in history, liberals are getting exponentially more liberal, conservatives are getting exponentially more conservative, and the chasm between these two parties is bigger than anything that we have ever seen in history and beyond anything that honestly we expected. So, Imagine this. It's 2016. It's January. And Bernie Sanders, a Democratic socialist, is plausibly going to be the Democratic nominee for the president of the United States of America. What? On the other hand, on the Republican side, it appears that Donald Trump might be, plausibly be, the Republican candidate for the president of the United States of America. I mean, what? I mean, if you would have told us this a year ago, we would be laughing our heads off. Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump don't have a chance. But but the gap, even in the last year, and it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's crazy. And so we just need to call this what it is. And as the gap gets bigger, here's what happens. People get angrier. Mm. And when people get angrier, they say dumb things. Have you ever met somebody in a rage or an anger over heated political issues that's nice and smart and kind? Oh, no. They just say things that are just absurd. Right. And I'm not picking on liberals or conservatives. I'm just saying 
People are dumb when they're angry. And the more divergent we get, the more angry people get. And we mudsling. All Republicans tote guns and are pro-military and, you know, whatever. And totally all unfair. Democrats kill babies in their mother's womb and have no regard for life. And they totally just want unfair. gays. But, you know, like hyper generalization is, is just inappropriate and terrible and frustrating. And so we get back to this point and we say um, to the person who answered the question, so have – uh, has the Christian association with the Republican Party harmed our witness? Yes, to a degree, mm-hmm. um, to a degree. Is there anything that we could possibly do to control that? No. And we should probably expect that people will hijack Jesus for their own personal agenda. And that is true. Mm-hmm. And uh, this applies to Democrats. It applies to Republicans. It's just everywhere. Everyone is trying to hijack anything that they think can give them an edge. Mm-hmm. And if the Democrats can hijack Jesus and his emphasis on social justice, then they will do that. And if the Republicans can hijack Jesus and they can uh, hijack his emphasis on life and marriage, then they will do this. They will do that. But here's what I want to just I want to dig into. Like we talk about young millennials. This is one place where Christianity, the reputation of Christianity has been genuinely harmed by um, an overt Christian association with the Republican Party. And uh, young millennials, and I love this, have embedded into their heart language, embedded into their culture in a way that no older person can even begin to understand, even me being like apparently by Tom Rainer's definition, the oldest plausible millennial, I still cannot relate to our young millennials, okay? Their passion for social justice is second to none in the history of America. That is so true. And they will actually stay or leave at a church simply based on this issue. It is so near and dear to their hearts. And so a big question that every um, young Republican and every young Democrat um, who claims the name of Jesus Christ, this is what they need to answer. Who is primarily responsible for social justice? How about the church? Right, right. And so there's a default that says, well, the government should do it. And I'm not saying the government should play no part in it. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But historically, this has been the church's job. And we could debate, did the church not fulfill its responsibility so the government came in and took it over? Did the government see the church as a threat so it organized it? Was the church too disorganized and decentralized in its leadership so that the government had to come in and centralize it? Okay, we could debate that. Another podcast. Another podcast, another day, another time, right? But here's the point. The church is the most equipped to care for the needy in its sphere of influence. And if you give me a broke, hurting person, the village church will care for them infinitely far better than the government of the United States can. Now, I'm not saying the government shouldn't do anything for them. I'm just saying there is a primacy of responsibility, and the church, I would love to see a world where we um, just emphasize this and focus on this. And here's what I love in the church. In the church, um, this is the way it's supposed to be, by the way, Jesus, our affiliation with him, trumps (laughs) our affiliation with our political party. Amen. So if I'm a young democratic socialist, because I have believed that I want the government to take more responsibility over this, or maybe I am that, Because the church, I don't see a plausible way for the church to do it, and the best solution might be the government, okay? Maybe I am that route because of that circumstance, okay? Um, I can put my party affiliation aside and say, 
I am united by the blood of Jesus Christ to my hyper-conservative, gun-toting, Bible-thumping Republican brother who goes to my church, Amen. and we can pursue social justice not as a means uh, or an end in and of itself, but as a means to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ right. to someone's Amen. life. And so what I want to say is, yes, I get it publicly out in the in the, in the um, public opinion out there. Um, Christians do not look good on any news channel, probably except for Fox News. Let's be straight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the church, we all should be able to put aside some of these issues and say what binds us together is Jesus. Now, I want to encourage Republicans and Democrats to listen to episode 100, where we answered the question, can I be a Democrat and a Christian? That is a whole separate issue, mm-hmm. although it does play into how we think about this. And so one of the, just to whet your appetite for that one, if you haven't listened to it, is can I go feed the poor with somebody who's pro-choice? Mm. You know, like, can I go um, uh, lead on a worship team with somebody who is pro-gay marriage? <sighs> Not going to answer it now <laughs> because y'all want me to. Just wet in your appetite. Go back to 100. And even then, uh, we probably won't give you everything you want. But this is so sad that what has happened in the secular atmosphere, in the uh, we'll just call the uh, culture of the age, in the pop uh, culture communication about Christians on news or social media or magazines or whatever uh, medium that you are taking in, that somehow we have let that influence our view of each other in the church. So uh, I would just say uh, in the church, we should be first and foremost identified with Jesus Christ and that our politics, wherever we're at right now, takes second place to that. And every one of us, Republican, Independent, Democrat, Libertarian, whatever you might be, should be in constant process of submitting your political affiliations to the Word of God and to Jesus Christ because the political affiliations um, are changing. Amen. They're changing constantly. You might have been able to identify with the Democratic Party 150 years ago, but now that might be unsustainable, and God knows what it will look like in five years. And the same goes with every other party, Republicans included. And so for me, I know I speak for you when I say this. I'm first a follower of Jesus. I have some political persuasions, um, but those are not solid because I'm waiting to see, A, what candidate actually gets put up in front, uh, and B, what does this party actually stand for as the years and decades go on? Thank you, Pastor Michael, for that candid answer and taking us back to the scripture where we are aligned to Christ first and foremost. Listeners, don't forget, you can submit your questions to our podcast by going to our church website, vcob.org, and just click on the link that says Q&A podcast question. Please join us next time when we answer the question, do I have to pray if I don't feel like it? Is it like giving? I only give if I want to.